0: These guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's flagrant howls.
1: Yes, this is a Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, and I just refresh my inbox. Kyle, we have the playing schedule. That's right, the Wolves. Not playing. Hold on. Sorry. Let me. Re- in, let me re- season re- the in season to tournament. The in season tournament schedule. Yes. Let's go. Let's see here. Uh... Minnesota Timberwolves press release. The Wolves today announced the team will play four group play games as part of the – so the schedule's coming out today. This Uh, is is trickling out. The
0: full NBA schedule will be released, I believe, on Thursday, August 17th.
1: So this is a little teaser of some of the schedule. It's the in-season tournament schedule. The Wolves will open Group C play with two road contests, first by visiting Victor Wembenyama and the Spurs on Friday, November 10th at 7 o'clock Central Time. Mark your calendars. Okay. And then uh, the Golden State Warriors on Tuesday, November 14th at 9 p.m. Wolves' home portion of the Group C play. I love how they're putting, like, the star player against DeMontis Sabonis and the Sacramento Kings on Friday, November 24th. And then Shea Gilgis-Alexander and the Thunder on Tuesday, November 28th. And then uh, we'll see if they can get to Vegas, where if they, if they do, you and I will hopefully be waiting with... Open arms for our Timberwolves and the Vikings against
0: the uh, the Raiders. That's I don't know, I'm, already, I'm already thinking of where we're gonna have like a live recording at. Right? Like what? what like uh, like in
1: the fountain at the Bellagio or just outside the
0: fountain? There's so many different options. How much actually. do I have to pay to push the button to start the fountain? Like I will put in the budget. Uh, it it is yes. We now know four. <laughs> we now know four of the 82 games. I will say it is the most perfect August 15th thing to just be like here's a snippet of your schedule and then like the entire timeline is just like here's who the lakers play in the four games it's like okay can we just (laughs) get the whole schedule out um but it is good i mean i I was in vegas for summer league when they had the drawings of like the pools or like the groups and the wolves i mean let's just call a spade a spade have probably one of the easier groups the the spurs yes they have victor women but they're bad uh sacramento is let's see maybe they regress oklahoma city I think they got beat by 40 in the playing game. The Warriors by aren't so. going to
1: give a rip at that point, too. They're going to be figuring right. out. They're going to play 500 ball into like, February, trying to figure out how Chris Paul fits in, right? They're not going to care about the, the in-season if, tournament.
0: If we're all living in a simulation anyway in life, like, the Minnesota Timberwolves winning the in-season tournament is the most on-brand thing ever, right? That's what, if that becomes the first banner that they really hang in Target Center or wherever A-Rod builds a new stadium, uh, it would be perfect. So, <laughs> see you uh, on November I, 10th.
1: How, where, where would you rank the Wolves in terms of teams that will likely desperately try to flex their muscles and win the in-season tournament? Like the, like the Warriors are on the bottom. The Nuggets are coming off a championship. You know, like they might win it just because they're good. But I think Top Oklahoma one. City's in that mix.
0: Oklahoma City's going to be a, a tough one too. Uh, and I, I don't love like the prizes for this. Like it would have been cooler if like you got like some sort of draft compensation. Then again, why would the players care about that? But there is a financial incentive here and i i do think maybe younger guys are just going to care about that incentive more like what you know if you make five hundred thousand dollars for winning the tournament or million dollars like does steph curry care no like those yeah. guys are going to be very much like it's november dude we're not worried about basketball um but minnesota on the other hand and this ties into their full schedule and a whole lot of other topics they need to come out of the gates kind of fast because they stumbled away into it last year and they need to show that this experiment is is gonna work, and that they've cleaned some things up. So, four exciting games. It's cool the way they've at least set it up. I think that it's not my biggest fear when this was announced a couple of years ago that like the season would stop or some weird thing. But they're just finding yeah, a way to add some value into the regular season. I think that's a that's a plus. So, yeah, well, uh, I'm ready for November. It's gonna be a big month.
1: And these, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe it says this in the press release. I'm just not gonna read the whole thing here, but. Uh I think they're designating these nights these are going to be like like tournament pool play nights in I think the so, NBA yeah. right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean they they're they're trying. Yeah, I think these are just going to be like Friday November 10th will be a a play-in night across the league. So yeah. it'll once we get into it it'll add more value I think to the fan experience and to you know your timelines and how you follow and cover the team but just Again, I'm just going to say it, it's August 15th. I probably could care less, but Thursday should be fun because then we get to see the full schedule and kind of know where they're going to be and know when you're coming out to Portland. So we got <laughs> a chunk of it. We got a little teaser now, and then yes. Thursday is the big one. Hey,
1: we're going to get into uh, a potential major Carl Anthony Towns snub here, depending on how much stock you put <laughs> into it. We're going to get into Kyle rubbing elbows with the rich, the famous, and uh, <laughs> the New Jerseys, and then we're gonna we're going to debut – by popular demand, the first ever Flagrant Howls Immaculate Grid Challenge. People have been saying, "Hey, we're doing this on the Score North Twin Show every day Uh-oh. with the Twins Grid or the, okay. the baseball grid." People want us to do the NBA Immaculate Grid Challenge, so we will we will do that. I just want to say real quick. So this week, you know, Score North launched about four years ago, and this is the first big like week long fundraiser where we're putting mm-hmm. all of our podcasts behind the Scornorth Power of Sports Auction benefiting the Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute. So at the beginning of the week, we asked our audience across all the Scornorth podcasts, can you help us raise $10,000 by the end of the week, all of it going to benefit Courage Kenny? And by the way, Courage Kenny, so my my uncle 12 years ago spent several months at Courage Kenny. They help children and adults who experience life-altering injuries and disabilities rehab and get back to a place of, whatever the new normal can look like. We asked our audience, help us raise $10,000 by the end of the week. We're sitting at $9,500 after the first 24 hours. So that's cool. That's thank you guys so much real quick. This, cause this pertains to this show here uh, in terms of uh, Timberwolves fans. So when you go to scornorthcom slash bid, there's items you can buy straight up. There's Buy It now as The Pearl Jam suite tickets did sell out. There are still Twins Executive Balcony tickets to hang out with me and Judd while Shohei Otani and the Angels are in town. There's items you can bid on, and you can also just straight up donate. But there is a, an item to bid on right now. Four lower bowl tickets to a Timberwolves game this year and a signed Anthony Edwards jersey plus dinner at Red Rabbit. That's all part of one auction package. So four lower bowl tickets to a Wolves game, Assigned Anthony Edwards jersey, and dinner at Red Rabbit up for auction right now
0: at scorenark.com slash bid. So, Kyle, if Is you it, need to rush over there quick. And, say, uh, how, can I go? Can we pause this? How uh, They don't know the game yet, though, right? We don't know that game. Um, let me, so we might have put a date on that game here. Let me just check real quick.
1: Please do asked. bid on
0: that. And once I say I'm only asking that question because if, if it's a game I can make it to, I'll fly back for it and meet you meet you for dinner and hang out with you. So oh, yeah, we dude, can just dude, talk Red to Red Rabbit, people. too. So it
1: is. Let's see here. Um, it's a it's a game TBD right now, okay. and we'll work with the Timberwolves to figure out. We probably don't which know the schedule. You know what I mean? Once you know well, the Well, that's schedule, the thing. Yeah, the, the side, schedule's but, yeah, yeah, yeah. not out yeah. till this Look
0: week. Look at that. Look at me putting pieces together. So. <laughs> so yeah, no. Once once that comes out, and uh, again, it's it's really cool. I uh, don't that you, what Score North is doing. Uh, I know. I mean, I've been saying this this past week too, because uh, everything that's been going down in, uh, in maui and lahaina that's a pretty important spot to me it's where my wife and i got married is it's always tough to ask people for money it's a tough time right now everything's expensive but you know it really does help if you can contribute to these things like an organization like that you guys are working with um i've had some connections that are, it's just anything helps really anything you can do to help obviously these ways are really creative too so uh bid it up support a really good cause and phil and i will uh meet you for dinner yeah we'll be there
1: so let's get into all right, the, the athletic now for like the fifth straight year or the fourth straight year. They put out their an, their annual NBA player tiers project. And uh, the writer is Seth Partnow. And he names the top 125 players in the league and puts them into different tiers. I believe it's it's five different tiers. And he does. So each tier, he doesn't necessarily have them ranked, you know, one, two, three, four, but he's got them in tiers. Yeah. So it'll be like tier four is. You know, numbers this through this. I'll just cut right to the chase here. Let's go to... Let me find it here. Uh, This is Tier 4B. And the category is B-plus bigs. So these are players ranked between 55 and 66 in no order. He just has them all ranked in this this group. And in that group, he has... So these are B-plus bigs. Brooke Lopez, Miles Turner... Nick Claxton, Jarrett Allen, and Carl Anthony Towns. What are your thoughts on Carl Anthony Towns being classified as a B-plus big, ranked between 55 and 66 among all NBA players?
0: Uh, uh, a theme of this podcast will be that there's just a lot of stuff out there that we're going to talk about that it's built for August. Uh, I believe this article at The Athletic or this project, uh, The Athletic, has started to do some pretty interesting content. Let's just say that and move on. Uh, I find it funny. I mean, I, I, I it also backs up the idea that, like, you can't trade Carl Anthony Towns. That was my honest biggest takeaway. It's just because there is this national perspective of him just being very low. Like, I think this list sucks. I'll say that. Because why is Carl not in the elite shooters category, but Kristaps Porzingis is? It's tough for me to find any shooting wait
1: wait, where's poor zingas on this list
0: he is in the elite shooters with michael porter jr and desmond bain desmond bain is obviously a flamethrower but
1: so he's he's in the next tier ranked between 40 and 54 basically
0: there's also like a high hopes category that has like evan mobley paul bencaro like young stars and then like robert williams the third who is a year younger than carl and hasn't hit a three-pointer since he was 14 so the list just doesn't make sense like it just like how is I know Carl's value is low. Some of the guys in his in his grouping are, you know, good players. Miles Turner. It's just I just come to find myself feel like, okay, there's a lot of words. There's a lot of explanation of how you got to this stuff. But like if the Wolves offered Robert or Carlton Towns for Robert Williams straight up, the Celtics would do it in a heartbeat. So that kind of just makes this list not like that valuable to me. Uh, And then I just was like, how is if there's one thing you could at least do is like, how is he not in the elite shooters category? but Porzingis is when there are no stats that show that Porzingis is a better shooter. So I don't know. I just kind of consumed it and then I moved on, but it does show again that, you know, there's more and more people that are connected to teams used to work for teams, cover the league that don't really have a high perspective of Carl. And if that's the case, you can't trade him right now. You just got to hope he comes in with a chip on his shoulder in good shape and, and can kind of build up his value for this team or for a future team down the road. Yeah, I would say a couple things off this
1: list. I agree that there's a lot of just a lot of fodder in July, August and early September. Good and good word. And, you're, you know, you're looking you're you're a content creator for a living and you're looking to put stuff out. I mean, That's That's I would true. be throwing stones in the glass house if I said, I mean, this is clearly <laughs> filler content. While I'm sitting on the finishing touches of my Timberwolves top 100 player list for like next week. Right? right. So I understand uh, a content creator's plight in the dead of the offseason. I don't think he is between fifty five and sixty-six. I think I think it's fair to say Carl Anthony Towns, even with his flaws and warts, is a top fifty player in the NBA. Right. I think he's probably a top forty player in the NBA. But it's worth a discussion because two or three years ago, and I remember going on, you know, the Mackie and Judge show, and this is probably toward the end of our four hour radio show run when we were opening up the Score North run. I thought he was one of the 10 to 15 best players in the world at one point, four to five years ago. Mm -hmm. And if you start to look a little, and I, God, I, I had not done this exercise, you know, looking at like his sort of year by year advanced analytics and just how is he trending after, you know, eight years in the NBA. Let's just go off some of the advanced analytics here. Let's go off like player efficiency rating, win shares per 48 and, uh, Let's use like value over replacement player. I'm not saying these are gospel, but right. let's just yep. use these as measurement. Okay. So his highest player efficiency ratings came in 2019 and 20. So three and f- four and five years ago. His highest win shares per 48 came between the ages of 21 and 24. So most recently, four years ago. And his highest value over replacement player came in his second and third years at the age of 21 and 22. In fact, his win shares per 48, so so take like, you know, win share is cumulative if you play more games and you add more value. But if you go win shares per 48 minutes, it it takes out like if you missed 50 games because of injury. His win shares per 48 last season was almost half, just a little over half of what it was five years ago. So I guess what I what I find interesting is, if you just looked at him last year, and again he missed 50 games, he was coming back rusty. He's playing a different position, being asked to do different things. It's hard to take just what he was last year and use that in isolation. But I think there's a fair conversation here that for whatever reason he he seems to have either stunted when it comes to growth or has kind of decreased in his value on the court since he become uh, since he became like strictly a three point shooter maybe three or four years ago. There is a conversation about what was he five years ago? What is he being asked to do right now? And is he as valuable as he was when, when I thought he was one of the 15, maybe 20 best players in the world?
0: Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I push back at any of that. I think the counter argument to that counter argument is that he was all NBA two seasons ago. And like Porzingis has never been all NBA. Carl's been an all-star three times. Porzingis has been one. Carl's a 40% career three-point shooter. Porzingis is a 35% three-point shooter. So Again, it's just we're going to cling to our guys, whether we're like fans of them or not, just the guys we cover. Uh, But there is, I mean, a a simple basketball reference perusing for Carl just shows like those first three years, 82 games, 82 games, 82 games just kept getting better. Uh, And then there was a plateau there for a couple of seasons with just injuries and production. Then coaching changes and stuff. There's a a whole bunch that goes into his. And that's why I've always kind of said too, like he has some legit stuff that goes into why it didn't work for him or you know some of the behind the scenes stuff. Now at the end of the day if you're getting paid 30 40 million you just got to kind of overcome those things, but he his and even in the rankings that Seth does like it shows his tears over the years and he was like 3A and he dropped down like 3B 3B and now he's like in the 4B range for the last couple of years. So yeah. It it does while I can pick at the rankings or how who's ahead of him or how it was all worded his value in the league has just diminished and there's really nothing else if I was like talking to Carl that he can do other than just I'm so far away from like the shut up and dribble thing but just like is just show up and let his basketball do the talking it's just show your have your playoff performances do the talking you know and then if you have great playoff performances sure get on the mic and say whatever you want to say but I think the league in general now just wants to see a guy that you know, I mean, we're five years or less removed from him being the number one player GMs wanted to start a franchise with. That's not the case anymore. He's not even the number one player to start a franchise with on his own team. That's Ant. Uh, So we'll see. I mean, he's I know he's playing for the Dominican Republic this this summer for FIBA and he looks rejuvenated. He looks healthy. He looks in really good shape. And you just kind of cross your fingers that he doesn't have any hiccups leading up till training camp because I think that derailed him as well. But the view of quality towns in the NBA is not even arguably it is the lowest it has ever been since he came out of Kentucky. So it is Yeah, the only way to fix that is to play better and win games.
1: And I, one other thing too, I'm just kind of looking through some of his year by year trends here and, and comparing to, cause and we talked about this at the end of the, the nuggets wolf series that his peers a few years ago included Nicole Jokic and Joel Embiid, two guys that were, neck and neck for the MVP award. Mm-hmm. Jokic probably should be a three-time MVP. Those guys were all kind of in the same sentence or the same category a few years ago. Now there's a clear line between those guys. I know Cat is a better three-point shooter. Those guys can both shoot threes. Cat is a better three-point shooter than those guys. But I do wonder, on one hand, I want him shooting a lot of threes because he makes a lot of threes. And mathematically, if you have a guy that hits 40% of his threes, he should be taking a lot of threes. But I, I wonder if he's leaned too far into being a long-range shooter at the expense of some of the other layers of his game that could make him an even bigger force, especially in the playoffs when you know the scouting reports catch up. If you look at Nikola Jokic, for example, the last couple of years, so like take last year, dude, 72% of his shot attempts are inside 10 feet. And you watch that series against the Wolves, you watch like all the playoff series, he's just an automatic get it down low, dribble, dribble, or offensive rebound. But he's also he's also hitting like almost 40% of his threes, but he's taking fewer. Early in Cat's career, he was great inside, and like 60% of his shot attempts or more came from inside 10 feet. So I guess I want him to shoot threes because he's elite at shooting threes. But I'm wondering, has he abandoned this other potentially highly efficient great area of his game that he was actually really good at four or five years ago could he learn maybe from a Jokic and Embiid and some of these guys that have maybe passed him by the last couple of years that's a question I have
0: yeah and I think it's a good question I you know he did average and last year's stats are almost impossible to pull anything from because he only played yeah. 29 games but he also averaged a career four and a half, four point eight 4.8 assists which mm-hmm. I think again not to just I'm just gonna do it. whatever I'm gonna pick on Porzingis I think Porzingis' career high is 2.7. Porzingis has a family. Okay. Which, I I... which so Porzingis' career best for assists in a season is Carl's career worst. So I think if he's, you know, averaging five assists a game on top of 20 points and nine rebounds, the one thing with Carl compared to like Jokic and Impede, it's not an excuse because everything you said is 100% spot on. I think one simple way to fix the team, if, if they do truly run it back and this roster they have now is what they start the season with, we have now kind of cleared the way for ant to be the alpha the one a or whatever it's getting carl back to being like the one b and whether that be taking a lot of threes because he's the self-proclaimed best shooting big man of all time or back to your point of like just being unstoppable in the low post and that kind of eight to ten feet range he just tried and this is his personality this comes through in podcasts everything he just tries to do the right thing too many times or say the right thing and last year, he thought the right thing to do was to make Rudy Gobert, Hakeem Lajwan and get him the ball, and get him post-touches, get him involved. And if this team just realizes, hey, Rudy should almost always be the fourth option anytime he's on the floor, even behind, like, Jaden or whatever, uh, maybe that'll clear the way for just... Yeah, you can't have Quality Towns taking nine shots in a playoff game. You can't have Conley Towns taking one three-pointer in a stretch of three games in February. Like, you need him to be emphasized on offense because the defense is never going to be there. And that's where they traded for Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Uh, But the offense is still, in my mind, otherworldly at what he does best, you know, attacking from the top for being five assists a game. He'll never be Jokic, but that's pretty good number for your big guy. So they just need to use him better. He needs to be selfish more, which I know critics of his might roll their eyes at. But I really do think part of Carl's problem is just he's too unselfish sometimes. It's like, no, no, no you make $60 million. Now you need to score 28 points a game. Like you need to yeah. be that fiddle or the second fiddle behind Ants. So it's a really, it's again, the list I'm not a big fan of, but it does spark a good conversation of what, how do you get his value back? Not only for potential trades next summer cap stuff, but how do you get his value back to where, I mean, he was a predominant role during those best years of his career and trying to elevate this team. He has the best teammate he's ever had. How do you now kind of, use him right to, to build it up again
1: yeah it's a man if last year was a big job for chris finch to figure out how all these pieces can work together this year might even be bigger because some of the same questions exist about can those two mm-hmm. guys play together for x mm-hmm. amount of minutes jade mcdaniels is going to continue to you just paid nas reed can you find an extra five to eight minutes a night yep. for him so uh, I'm excited for for training camp to start here in like a month. But uh, and by the way, the rest of the rankings above tier four haven't come out yet. I don't think, so we'll see where Anthony Edwards winds up. But I didn't see him in tiers four or five, so I'm assuming no, Anthony I did, Edwards I is
0: burned the website down.
1: <laughs> He's at least in tier three somewhere. Um, hey, you were uh, you were rubbing some elbows. You came into town, and you went to the Timberwolves City Edition jersey unveil at Lord Fletcher's. I like the designs. I think they make some sense. We're tying it into you know Minnesota late culture. So give our audience an idea. What was it like uh, rubbing elbows with Timberwolves luminaries like Ricky Davis, who apparently was there?
0: I, I did get introduced to Ricky Davis. I was <laughs> trying to maybe see if I could get him on the pod for a future guest. I did get some other guests lined up. Uh, Ricky Davis, who is now obviously former NBA player, but is coaching high school basketball in the Minnesota area. Troy Hudson was there. Uh, the stars of the show were Nas Reed and Mike Conley. Um, uh, but it was a cool event. It was a mixture of like front office people and season ticket holders, and I guess, I guess like social like influencers because I mean, I, again, I was there. I don't know what my role was, but uh, it was cool. Uh, I was tra- telling you this before we recorded. People are big fans of the pod, so I always appreciate when anyone wants to come up and say that because really, truly, just you and I have fun doing this and making people laugh and entertaining them. But the I mean, Jersey- it is a highly entertaining. Top 50 NBA <laughs> podcast according yeah, be- to Apple charts. Yes. My mom was so happy about that. <laughs> Shout out to my mom. Uh, no, it was cool. Uh, I got to talk to Nas a little bit. Got to talk to Mike Conley uh, after the jerseys themselves. Uh, I don't know. I I can't ever get to. I'm not a big jersey guy. I'm more of the retro. Yeah. I know a lot of people wanted them to put trees on there and stuff. I still believe that if things go right, maybe there'll be another jersey, possibly this season to add to the collection. And maybe it's more of a hardwood classic. Maybe they use the trees. They also... Like knowing how the sausage is made through Nike and these teams, like they can't just do the trees every year. Like they can't just be Disney and, you know, make nine little mermaids. They have to try new things. Um, But I mean, for the most part, you know, Nas said this is the best jersey that he's ever worn since he got here. (laughs) And I, I, Who's going to disagree with Nas? You mean Nas, term, like in
1: terms of how it looks or how comfortable he, it is? is no, it like no a, how it like, looks. He's like, like a tri blender what? I
0: love. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the quality and the uh, thread count, but he really likes the design. Mike Conley is like, I've worn a lot of jerseys. I've been around the league a long time. He goes, I really like it. So it was cool. And then it was cool too to just, you know, they showed up on a yacht to Lord Fletcher's or whatever that was owned by some season ticket holder. <laughs> but Nas mentioned multiple times our, our friend of the show, Michael Grady, was interviewing him. said that Minnesota feels like home. Mike Conley now has been able to move his family there. He's got three small kids. He feels like Minnesota's home. I wouldn't be surprised, Phil, if at some point this season we're doing a podcast talking about how Mike Conley maybe signs one of those Patrick Beverly deals. Mm -hmm. I I think if Mike Conley had the choice, he would end his career in Minnesota. And that's a topic for another day. So
1: so his his impression of the
0: organization and the state was that high in his three months or whatever. I also think too part of it's selfish, like he doesn't want to keep moving. I remember talking to him the night after they lost to the Wizards before the all-star break, and he had just been traded and everything was a whirlwind. But he's very he has a tight-knit family. Uh, his wife does a lot for them. But I think they like being in Minnesota. That was their first ever like boat ride experience with you know Minnesota Lake culture on the day that was celebrating lake themed jerseys. So and I think he really, really believes in this team. He can't say enough positive things about Ant and and Jaden. So it was cool. It was it was a fun event. A lot of big time people there. Uh, but the way Nas embraced calling this place home. Um, Young Gravy performed. I don't know. <laughs> Crunch was okay, on a jet is, ski. Young
1: Gravy's from Minnesota, right? Yes, from I learned Rochester, that in Minnesota? real time. And okay,
0: very nice guy. He showed up on another boat. Uh, Crunch was on a jet ski. It was it was really truly like a Mad Lib of like. I woke up that day, hung over. I, like, I did, I did What's crunch, going on right now? crunch
1: on a jet ski at one crunch, point in the background. On a
0: jet ski. Yeah. There were drones. It was, uh, <laughs> it was just a lot, uh, but everyone's really nice. And I, I do, I think it was uh, the way I was explaining it to some of my friends is I think the Jersey idea was like an a plus, you know, you think of Minnesota, you think of lakes uh, and lake culture. I think maybe the execution was maybe a B plus. I think there's, I, there's some stuff on the front. Like they had the tagline, we run deep, which I like the font but they didn't use that font for like the Jersey. So mm. I don't oh, know. You're, we'll so see- you're out on the font. You're out on the jersey yeah. font. Is kind of yeah. where you're at. <laughs> for people that came to listen to me talk about fonts, uh, I would have gone with Helvetica. Is but it'll <laughs> uh, It it, it, it it'll look better once these players are on them. But I mean, I had seen some brief snippets of these jerseys from my friend out here. And once you saw it like on Nas Reed or on Mike Conley and how clean the shorts are and stuff, it all comes down to how is it going to look on Ant? And if it looks good on Ant, there will be, I know John, Johnny K tweeted this out, but uh they're talking about this at the event. There will be a matching court with this, which I know a lot of people love. So I don't know how they're gonna design a lake themed court if going be like beaches on the sidelines or whatever, but that'll be cool too, because they tried that. Walleyes basketball.
1: jumping up in the air, yeah, uh yep. 3D It'd be great. Some bobbers
0: in the in the paint. Uh but yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. I, I'm hopeful that they get those hardwood classics. I don't really know any updates on that, but Uh, it is exciting to see new jerseys and I was just kind of out on last year's city edition jerseys for the most part. So I think they overthought those a little bit. Last year's jerseys, simply put, you had to just, you had to explain to people what they were. You had to explain what it was this year's you get it. It says land of 10,000 lakes on like the seams. You get it. You don't have to give me a
1: 10 second elevator pitch. I don't need a half hour explanation kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, you, uh, you said that, uh, some of the luminaries rolled up, in a boat of some kind. I'm told it was a Bennington from Power Lodge. At least that's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, and right now, Power Lodge is celebrating 25 years in business of bringing action and excitement to Minnesota as your go-to destination for all things marine and power sports. And uh, they're so at all of their local locations, Brainerd, Ramsey, Anamia, Sock Rapids, they're rolling out the red carpet with food, prizes, giveaways, 25 days of deals. On the latest off-road and on-road vehicles, boats, and supplies, find out more at PowerLodge.com,
0: PowerLodge.com. Are you ready? No, go ahead. You go I'll first. I'll just say, speaking of boats, uh, our friend, Chris Finch, was also there. And the highlight of the day for me was you had taken me and uh, Jake Kelly out for dinner on Saturday, uh, the man behind Jake's Crafts. Jake, I Jake got to meet and introduce himself to Chris Finch. Chris Finch knew who he was. Chris Finch is a big fan of his. So... Just seeing honestly the biggest luminary there, despite, you know, Tim Connolly and Chris Finch and all these people was probably just Jake Graffs, Jake just rubbing yeah. rubbing elbows. Uh we I was talking to Grady before he had to do his like microphone stuff and kind of host the event. And he was like, I was trying to wear my like, Slow Mo shirt here, but the team wanted me mm-hmm. to wear a polo. So the Jake Graff brand has never been stronger. It was great to see Finchie and him get a picture together. So the vibes couldn't be any higher, no matter what you think of the jerseys. I love it, man.
1: Finchie uh, was Finchie double fisting uh, all day, Was he, was he coming from his all day hang at, uh, you know, whatever his palatial state is on Lake Minnetonka? You know what's or great.
0: What? is like, people are dressed up for it. It's a big day. They're, you know, trying to impress the fans and, and probably season ticket holders. And then Finchie just rolls up in a Vineyard Vines long sleeve. Like <laughs> if you didn't know that was Chris Finch, you would just be like, that is a dad who owns <laughs> Multiple boats on Lake Minnetonka. Yeah. And that's all I want to think of Finch is just vineyard vines, maybe a beer in hand, probably just got done scouting some FIBA games. And he's like, yeah, I'll stop by, have a beer.
1: I'll swing by. I'll say hi to the to the Timberwolves influencers. Kyle, <laughs> are you ready for Flagrant Howell's first stab at the basketball reference oh Immaculate
0: Grid? Are you ready for this?
1: I wonder if I can I'm zoom s- this in a little so bit. I'm so bad
0: at this. But I had talked to a couple people on Be Sunday, insane. they were like, Are you doing immaculate grid? And I was like, I've seen it. It was described to me basically as wordle for basketball nerds, which I was like, Oh, okay, Pretty that's much. actually how I want to live my life. So, but I'm terrible at it right now. So Yeah,
1: I, I think so. I've gotten the baseball one down, and I've I think baseball was always the sport that I followed the closest in the nineties and early two thousands. So there's names and like fantasy baseball. So I'm not as good at the basketball one okay. yet, but we you you and I are gonna work together. We're going to put five minutes on the clock here so that we aren't doing this for a half hour. Okay. We'll put five minutes on the clock. Our goal is to go nine for nine. Now, the, the next step above that is to get as obscure as you can to have a low rarity score. But let's just try and, like, go nine for nine on this, if that works for you. Five minutes on the clock. Here we go. Let's start with this one. Let's do the 20 points per games column. Let's just knock that one out. Okay. So a blazer. Any? Oh, so we're looking for for the audio audience. Uh, a Blazer who was a Maverick, a Blazer who was a Hornet, and then a Blazer who scored 20 points at one point in, uh, per se- uh, in a season. A Clipper who was a Mav, a Clipper who was a Hornet, and a Clipper who scored 20 points a game. And then a King who was a Mav, a King who was a Hornet, and a King who scored 20 points per game. How about Chris Weber right off the bat?
0: <sighs> okay,
1: yeah. That works for me. You good with that? Yeah. 28%. We're on the board. I was a Maverick who was a Clipper, DeAndre Jordan, or did, did he ever, he went to the Mavs at one point after that fiasco, right?
0: No, because that was like the chair gate where he was like, not allowed to leave the Clipper. But didn't he thing. eventually get to the Mavericks at some point? Oh, no! This is great podcast. Everyone's like, you don't know anything. And I can prove it. Maybe, maybe you could throw that one in there. I was, um, that Charlotte, I, I hope this doesn't go back. I don't. I, I've only done this a couple of times. I don't we know get the we get the Hornets history here, by the way. We get Hornets back to the late '80s, if it helps. That us. Charlotte Hornets Sacramento Kings one makes me think Isaiah Thomas, like the little guy from Washington. Let's try it. I think you're right.
1: That's the other Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I We want, we want this one. We want the yeah, one from yeah, 2000. Yeah, we want yeah. If we're wrong on the second one here, we can just fold up shop and never do this game ever again. <laughs> Dude, nice no, job! Ten percent. Look at you, dude. Okay. Nice work. I also
0: I'm I have. If we go up a couple, this one I feel pretty confident. Portland Trailblazers, Charlotte Hornets, Gerald Wallace.
1: Wow, Gerald Wallace, man! You know, so in the baseball one, the nice Edwin stuff, Jackson I mean. played for fourteen teams. I feel like there's some guys like that in the NBA too. Gerald so. Wallace might be one of them. Let's do it. Look at so does it, the eighteen percent tell me that it's right? That tells you that eight. Yep, eighteen percent of. Of people who guessed this correctly guessed Gerald Wallace. Okay. Okay. So if if it fills in, we're correct. So we're good. We're three for three. How about a, so Blazers who scored twenty points a game? I mean Clyde Drexler.
0: I don't know if or she did. Clyde. If you want to get real obscure, like Mighty Mouse might have done it. Should we go Drexler? Yeah. Okay. See, I still need to learn like the nuances of this. Twenty-one percent. Okay. I still need, to, but like. When I just think of guys who played for the two teams, I don't know if that's how the strategy is with this game is, but yeah. Dallas Mavericks, Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Raymond Felton. And I remember him because he had a really good cup Perfect. of coffee when I was in Portland. Let's get it. Raymond Felton. Two percent, That's okay. a good one right there.
1: That's a keeper. You're going to want to hang on to that one. The Clippers one is just throwing me for a loop. I don't... Clippers, let's go 20 points a game. I mean, obviously... Uh... I mean, recently, they have two guys who have done it. I'm trying to think more old school. Did Elton, Elton Brand, right? Didn't Elton, Elton Brand? Start- yeah, do
0: Elton Brand. Yeah, yeah, Okay. I know so much about the Charlotte Hornets. It actually makes me really depressed.
1: 9%. Dude, we're six for six. This is great. And we have, uh, still, we have two and a half minutes
0: left on the clock. A Maverick it- who was a king. Harrison Barnes? A Maverick who was a king. Didn't Harrison Barnes play for the Mavs? I don't know if Harrison Barnes played for the Mavs. I thought you can throw him in there. I, no, that's a... Wait, the, wait, wait, the, Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets Clippers angle. That's two. a tough one, man. I mean, that is...
1: Did uh, Did Darius Miles ever play for the Hornets?
0: I don't know. I don't want to cheat. Did Michael Olowokandi ever play for the Mavericks? Try, try Steven Jackson. He played for the Hornets for, I think, two years? Did he? Yeah. Let's go with it,
1: dude. Let's go with it. Steven Jackson. Come on. Be the be the car. Yeah, Kyle. The Clippers. Kyle, dude, let's go.
0: Now, the Clippers, Dallas Mavericks. And I don't know. That's got to be so it's got to be a throwback. So the Kings and the Mavs.
1: I feel like there's recent ones. Like, I feel like Mavericks and Clippers have. God, there's so many obvious ones we're probably missing here. Why do I think Harrison Barnes played for the Mavericks? Hmm.
0: I don't want to cheat. I don't want to look it up. I mean, Did Hito Turkaloo play for the Mavericks? Some of so these guys this, at the this, end this, of their this career. This can go pretty far back, right? And oh, yeah. Just, it's as far back to, as you want. I'm just trying to fill that Mavericks-King square with just a player who played both teams. Yep. Um. um uh. Uh. Try – he played for them, I think, during a Dirk year. Try Karan Butler, oh, who played oh, for man. the Kings from – Multiple years, but he, I think he played with Dirk. That's aggressive, dude. If I do good at the current point, I've never played Let's ever. go. I have no idea on the map.
1: You're the killing play. it right now. We need a Maverick who is a Clipper, and we have 30 seconds left on our self imposed clock. Who was a Clipper? There's probably so many. Why am I blanking on this? I feel like it's a
0: uh, a guard. I mean, like, uh, no, Berea didn't play for the Clippers. Oh. Did he though? Reggie Jackson didn't play for the
1: Mavs. Did did Tyson did uh, Tyson Chandler ever play? Tyson for the Tyson Chandler might be a really good guess, actually. Why do I think? Why am I dying on this DeAndre Jordan Hill? Why Just do throw I feel DeAndre like DeAndre Jordan in there? I, I'm pretty sure it? he
0: never made it I'm to the sorry. Mavs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry in bill. advance.
1: No, that's okay. fine. Okay. I'm sorry, dude. This is probably wrong. It's not wrong. It's correct. We are
0: immaculate. <laughs> Wait, he played for the or He played for the Mavs?
1: Let's go! All right, so here's oh, well, the results. By the way,
0: there's no value in this. I, for me to cheat, I have. I'm never gonna play this game again. If that. Do, oh, look
1: at that, dude! So here are the most. Here are the most common answers at each. Oh, in each square. He's actually the most common one: DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews. Oh, that's a good for one. Uh, Mavericks Blazers. Nick Batum, Damian Lillard for the 20 points per game. Blake Griffin and Chris, Chris Webber is the most common. Malik Monk as a Hornet who was a king. Nick Batum shows up twice on here, by the way. Hornets and Clippers. It's amazing. Okay. And then yeah. Harrison Barnes. Yeah, Harrison Barnes. So,
0: at yeah. The one thing so. I've learned, I haven't gotten into this much, but I have learned people being like, don't go with what the most current name is. Like, So I think these are a lot of popular names. Um, yeah. but that's all I was trying to go, but the Raymond Felton one I'm I have a Raymond Felton story for another day, so okay, that's awesome, dude. Great work! Wow, what teamwork there! I think now we're we live, now we gotta do this every episode. <laughs> I don't know, I we should that's never do that around. again because I feel like <laughs> we could go over nine. That's fun though. I, I see why people like it. The wordle for basketball nerds, uh, yes, I get that now. Okay, it's a blast.
1: Hey, thank you guys for hanging out with us here on Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. Please give us a five star rating in a positive review on Apple Podcasts and click the like button and the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel. He's Kyle, I'm Phil. We are Immaculate